Welcome back to Who the Fuck Are These Guys? How are you, Mako Shark? Matty C, Matty C, how you going, mate? Episode 24, we're back, baby, we're back. It's Jed Buse and we're ready to roll. Smoking Joe Mercedes, I'm feeling fantastic. Jeez, uh, I, I, um, I can pick up there's a little something-something in the Mako Shark throat tank. Is there anything to tell us? <laughs> pre, pre, ep, you no, okay really, over there? Yeah. Look, it's, um, it's struck me down, Matty. It's had to happen eventually. We're in the middle of a pandemic, as you've been aware, for, what, two and a half years now? Yeah. I've been dipping and dodging and ducking and diving from the, uh, the rona this whole time. But yeah. uh, today's the day, Matty. Today's the day. Gotcha. I got the big old positive test back today, Matty. And, uh, yeah, so I've been struck down. Struck down in my prime, some might say. I'll say the, uh, the consummate professional. Um, most people mm. put mayo and, you know, I'm in bed. Oh, i got the aches, the sheep, <laughs> the bed sheet hurting. I'm going to die. Mako Shark doesn't let the listeners down. Been a hell wow. of a week. I tell you what, we've uh, yeah, we we've committed to a course. Here. We, we got to, we can't let can't let down the listeners. It doesn't matter. Like Michael Jordan, he had his flu game. We all know about that. But the Mako Sharks, he's, he's got the vid the vid pod. They'll call this the vid pod. <laughs> this will be this will go down in the in the, the I don't know. I'm trying to think of a big word. I can't think of one. But the annals it'll go down in, of history. It'll go down in yeah annals. I was thinking for annals. It'll go down in insert mm. annals in history of Mako Shark. Yep. Spanish flu. Anyway, yep. moving along. Outside of that, you have a nice week, or is it just you know, is it, is it been sort of oh. held down with the with the with the, with the, the COVID? Uh, well, it's, it's been fine. I think I uh, I copped it from the footy. I think uh, all reports would suggest mm. tracing it back. It was probably Saturday night at the football. Uh, probably copped mm. it. It was a nice night at the footy. The cats had a bit of a win. I was up and about screaming at a few people. It was great times. But uh, yeah, a couple of days later, I've just been absolutely barreled. With I got a block nose, Matty. A bit of a block nose, a bit of a scratching throat. It's not too bad, mate. Let's not put too much mayo on it. No, I won't put too much mayo. Hey, talking about wins, right? You spoke about the wins there from your great team. I want to talk about wins and I want to talk about us being partnered with a winner in Palmer Bet, Australia's greatest punting agency, and we're Australia's greatest podcast and combined Mako Shark. Mm. It's a match made in heaven. And when listening, do so responsibly. And when punting, for the love of Christ, do it responsibly. Thank yep, you. Absolutely. Do Love the boys. Bet. They're uh, big listeners too, which I guess you have to be if you're sponsoring a pod, but it's good to get our downloads up with a few in-house, little in-house padded downloads. I love it, Mako Shark. Yeah. We've got a big, big episode. I know you've got the, this is your flu game and look, we'll push through it so you don't get too close to death. We don't want to die via a podcast episode, but no. would you like to maybe uh, give the listeners a bit of a rundown on what's in tonight's episode? And we've got, for the first time, not Ooh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two guests, Mako Shark. I know. Talk about fucking excitement. This is a double up. We've got two of the great men on here this week. This is uh, uncharted waters for us. I was a little bit nervy going into this interview. Instead of just having one person to focus on, we had two mm. identical human beings. And I tell you what, I was rattled early. I was rattled early. <laughs> We're all rattled early. We had uh, computer issues oh. as per. I had latte spills. I had to come out and move the car for the Dale so she could get <laughs> out. It was all happening. But I think we put together one of our tip-top best interviews, and they were fantastic guests. What, what great fellas. Do you want to tell the listeners who we're talking oh, about? Yeah, we'll tell them. Absolutely. Andrew and Jason Maloney, Team Maloney, two of the uh, the brightest talents in Australian boxing. They are just fantastic blokes, fantastic fighters, fantastic gentlemen, fantastic family men. Um, just the whole lot. We could just rattle off as many superlatives as you want, but uh, the listeners will hear this. It's a great interview. 
Great interview. Um, what else have we got in the episode? If people, I hope well, people hang around. I know we do peak, and then there's obviously a few a few things, but maybe just give a quick summary of what can, what you can expect on a big action-packed episode 24. Well, I'll probably uh, <clears throat> be coughing and snorting and sniffling my way through this episode, so apologies if that's the case, but uh, we've got heaps to come up, mate. We've got a massive UFC this weekend. The, the Alexander the Great, Australia's fucking... Favorite son, he's fighting this weekend, and we're all bloody excited for that. So we are gonna we're gonna chew into that event coming up this week. And I tell you what, Matty, there's there's more than a couple of big big boxing matches fights too many. this weekend. There's just too many, including our two guests, the Maloney boys. They're both fighting this weekend, April nine, in what Costa Mesa, California, somewhere. Sounds wow, fancy. Sounds a bit it is desert, very fancy, Maker. Very very Ooh. very fancy. I've disappeared. I think. Off the, uh, I can see that I've just, I'm, I've got a horrific freeze there. That's, that's lovely. It's what we like. It's okay, you're but frozen, I'm still but here. Still here. You. That's it. Yeah, yeah the, the dulcet sounds of Matty C. So, look, I think we've been, uh, we've jibber jabbered and we've sort of given each other a bit of a suck off here. I think we just maybe get into the actual reason why people tuned in. What are you doing? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think we get into it. Jason, Edgy Maloney, the boys. Here they come. As I said, they've got a big fight coming up. We're going to talk more about it. I'm excited. Here they are. No more boys. The boys. All righty, who does fuck, listeners? We are back again this week with a very special uh, two guests this week. It's a bit of a, a bit of an unusual one. We've got Andrew and Jason Maloney, the Maloney twins. How are you guys? Thanks for joining us. Going great, mate. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, really good, mate. You guys are our. Uh, hard to work out. Two blokes. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You're really <laughs> you're going to test us today, and it's going to test the technology and see how we actually go because this is our furthest, I think, distance of a of a, a podcast and we've got two of you on so we'll see how we go and you'll have to correct us if we make any errors do you want to just point to which one's which so we know <laughs> yeah we'll just tell them mako andrew's got the hoodie on oh man yeah yeah easy um, as, mate. no problems hopefully the listeners can understand the voices uh, yeah. they are very similar as well what we've been told so good luck well, guys, sure you might as well jump straight into yeah. it. Uh, you're overseas at the moment, currently in the US. You've got a big fight coming up on April 9, both on the same card. So let's just uh, take us through that. Let's get into it. Yeah, that's right. We're back over here in Vegas at the moment where we'll finish off our training camp. Uh, we've been here just over a week so far. Um, so next Tuesday, we'll head over to California where we're both going to be fighting in a place called Costa Mesa on the 9th of April, which will be the 10th of April back home in Australia. And um, both both fighting on the same night. Um, both, I'm fighting against a local California guy and Jason's fighting a Mexican. So both should be some pretty tough fights that we're looking forward to. Can you give us a little insight into the opponents and sort of how they stature up against you, your sort of professional records? And is there pressure going into the fights, like from a point of view that you're expected to win, or is it a big test? Just give us a little bit of an insight for the listeners in, in who you're fighting and a little bit about them. Yeah, I guess um, record-wise, neither of these guys um, stack up against us, but, um, you know, they're a lot better than their record suggests. And for myself, my opponent, Pedroza, a tough Mexican who no doubt is coming over here to try and take everything that I've got in, in terms of my world ratings. Um, currently rated as high as number two in the world. So 
he obviously has, uh, you know, a lot to gain in this fight and I can't afford to slip up because um, I've got some big plans for the rest of the year and they all go to shit if I don't get the win next weekend. So I've got to stay uh, very focused and make sure that there's no slip-ups um, and uh, walk away with my hand raised. I'd love to ask uh, you just a little bit about, just quickly, sorry, just to step in. When you have these big plans, like as a boxer, it seems, because we're, we're both a bit of a backer. We've never been um, in the ring or fought. We've, we sort of both play footy and stuff. But it seems like there's so much pressure for you guys to sort of, you have these plans, future plans and really good things, but then you've got to get the job done at hand. So it must take a lot of like mental strength and fortitude to be able to get the job done against a lesser, sort of like on the record you see it doesn't really stack up, but you've got to go out and actually perform and get that job done for other things to fall your way. So that must be really hard to continue to be able to, you know, keep showing up and doing that? Oh, hugely, mate. It's, uh, that's why there's a lot of pressure on every fight. It's, um, you know, boxing is like a, a big game of snakes and ladders. You know, you have one big win and you catapult it towards superstardom. And, you know, like we saw with George Cambosis, that one big win, what that stunned to his career and changed his life forever. Um, but in the same way with boxing, one bad performance and one loss can really set you back a long way and um, can be a long road back. So it's a very, very, um, I guess, you know, a very tough sport in that aspect, whereas, you know, one-off night, it's not like footy, you, you lose a game and, yeah, you know, the other team gets the four points and maybe possibly, possibly moves up the ladder one little ranking and you can play again next week and, and turn it around. Uh, that one loss has a huge impact on your career and where you're moving and, and how things travel. So there's a lot of pressure on every fight. And um, even though I said this opponent that I'm facing next weekend's record doesn't suggest that he's in my league, anyone on every any night can be beaten in this sport. So you have to um, make sure that you stay focused and go out there and perform at your absolute best. Absolutely. Uh, Jason, obviously you as well. I hope I got yeah. that right. Jason, uh, I'm pretty sure I got that right. Please tell me you got that right. How, how's your opponent? Let's go. Maybe I got it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> no, you got it wrong. That was, that was I got it wrong. So Jason Andrew, on the right. Here we go. Yeah, so Andrew here. Uh, I'm fighting a local <laughs> California guy. Um, and sort of similar to what Jason said, this opponent doesn't have a very good record on paper, but he has fought pretty much all the top guys in my division and giving them all a hard fight. So um, his losses have only been against the best guys, so I need to be on my game. And I really, really want to go out there and put on a really impressive performance in this fight to try and push myself back up the rankings and and closer to a world title shot. Um, I really feel like I need to redeem myself after a couple of losses in America last year. Um, I feel like this is my opportunity to redeem myself and to show everyone that I am one of the best super flyweights in the world and to get myself amongst, you know, the, the big, big fights in this division. I, I would like to know, you know, with the UFC and stuff, because we cover that on this podcast as well, guys seem to be allowed to have a loss. So what you're talking about in boxing seems to be a little bit more savage because some of even the best guys, I think McGregor's won one fight in six, but he's all, you know, he's got that name, so he's just allowed to keep coming back. Maybe one day boxing will allow guys to have a slip up because it just seems so unfair, so sort of weighted the other, you know, to the, the underdog's favour. I reckon just from a looking yeah. in from yeah. an outsider's. No, you're 100 percent right, and I do really like that about the UFC um, that guys come off a loss and they're straight back into big fights, and it doesn't sort of 
hurt their you know image too much whereas mm. and that's what boxing used to be like and that's why you get all the best guys would fight the best guys and you'd have such great fights but these days i think it's sort of since the mayweather era where everything that was marketed around him was his undefeated record and keeping that oh yep. um and now because of that business side of things and guys trying to protect that undefeated record there you're not seeing the best fight the best sometimes and i think that really hurts the sport so I'd love for it to be more like UFC and all the best fight the best. And if you have a loss, it's not the end of the world. And, you know, you're still, you know, available to be in big fights again straight away. Yeah, yeah you see the heavyweight, the heavyweight division in boxing, there's so many mouth-watering fights, but we seem to be getting all the fights that we don't want. You know, like you've got you know, Tyson Fury and Joshua should have fought two years ago, but, you know, then Joshua loses and then so he's lost that zero. So now Fury's like, well, I don't think he's in my league anymore. Where he clearly is. But then you've got the, you know, they could have unified the the belt and whoever was talking, I don't know who was talking truth between Fury and, and Usyk, but, you know, they seem to always just go the other way, don't they? As opposed to the, you know, like you said, if you have a loss, just if they're all fighting the best, you're going to have a loss. So it would be best for the fans in the sport if everyone's, if we're getting the absolute best fights and not the big events with maybe, you know, one really good fighter and someone that's a little bit below them so they keep their, their O. I just reckon there's a big opportunity in the whole sport to sort of better that. Yeah, there is, mate. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, mm. some of the, most of the best fighters of all time have all had losses on their records. Um, yeah. So I don't know where this has all sort of come from and it, <laughs> Our losses so frowned upon, but um, yeah, hopefully things start to change soon. Not that anyone wants to lose, obviously, but as no, you said, that's right. it's uh, it seems to be stopping some of those big, big fights from being made, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. You two are on the same card here coming up on April 9 as well. Like, take us through that. How do you uh, mentally prepare for you both to be on the same card? Is it a help or is it a hindrance? Might be a bit of a distraction, sort of emotionally invested in what your brother's doing while you're supposed to be sort of preparing yourself so i wonder how that is is it an interesting sort of dynamic when you're both on the same card yeah it certainly is um we've actually done it a lot of times throughout especially early in our career pretty much probably 90 percent of our fights were all on the same night which was great when we're you know fighting back home in melbourne and our friends and family could come out and watch us both on the same night and and that was awesome um and for the training aspect for us to be at the same stage of training and, and pushing each other every day, you know, being side by side every session, that is also great. Um, but on the night when we fight on the same night, I think the first, the person who's fighting first, it, it doesn't sort of affect much. But yeah. mm-hmm. you've got to fight second, and you sort of, you know, your brother's fighting. You're sort of keeping an eye on it. You, you are burning a lot of sort of nervous energy, and as much as you mm-hmm. try and shut it, it's extremely hard to do that. Um, and I do think, you know. It is something that we just are still getting used to. You've got to try and shut that off, and um, you know it's it, it is it's, it is difficult. But I feel like at the, on the other side of the of the you know other 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 side of it is when we both win on the same night, it's yeah. the best feeling in the world. We get to celebrate yeah. together. And, you know, you, you're both just on a high, and it's just the best night ever. So it's just you know there's pros and cons to it, but. Overall, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, and I think we are getting used to it. And as I said, the nights where we both win, it's just very, very special. You'd be uh, you'd be well loved by your friends and family because it's not cheap to go to the boxing, even the, the local events. Yeah. So fighting on the same card, getting a table, you sort of split the cost. You see, so it's you have to double yeah. up. That's yeah. right. We're just yeah, we're, we're doing it for the friends and family and the supporters. So <laughs> I hope they appreciate. It. Very <laughs> selfless stuff, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, when you guys were growing up, uh, we'd love to chat because we've had some little bit of mail said that you might have come from some AFL roots and then, you know, starting in that and then who was the first one or how did you get into the boxing from there and were you both equally committed to it or was there one that sort of dragged the other one along and, yeah, just love to know that sort of side of how, how you both got into it from coming from a sort of AFL um, Yeah, so, um, yeah, both grew up in Melbourne and um, absolutely loved AFL. Both had the dream of, yeah, being AFL players and that's all we wanted to do and that's, you know, we just eat, sleep and breathe bulk, uh, uh, football at that stage. And um, during the pre-season, we sort of just dabbled in a few other sports. We played a bit of basketball, a little bit of motorbike riding, things like that. And we had a pair of boxing gloves at home, or two pairs, and we used to just put them on for a bit of fun. And me and Andrew would just beat the piss out, beat the piss out of each other for a bit of fun. We had no idea what we were doing, but we, you know, realised that we really enjoyed boxing, and you know, we're pretty competitive guys. Uh, not only with each other, but just competitive in nature um, as it is. And yeah, we just love the the you know I guess the thrill and the you know the competitive nature of fighting. And so one pre-season, we uh, nagged our old man to take us down to the boxing gym, and yeah, he sort of let us nag him for a while to make sure that it was something that we were actually serious about. And eventually, we nagged him enough that he took us down to the local gym and. For the first, that was when we were 13 years old. So for the first so probably two and a half, three years, we were just doing it for fitness, for footy. Just thought mm-hmm. that maybe that extra fitness would give us an edge over the competition. Uh, but a few of the guys at the gym who'd been around for a while said, boys, you got some proper talent. You should um, have a fight. I reckon you guys can go places. So we thought, yeah, right, we can, uh, well, that sounds pretty good to us. Um, we'll, we'll have a fight. And... Um, I actually lost my first three amateur fights and Andrew <laughs> lost his first seven fights. And Jesus. we thought, oh, we thought um, <laughs> these folks told us we were going to go places in the sport. Was going Taking on the piss. Yeah. Just fished you up. That's what it stitched up. But um, <laughs> uh, as I said, at that stage, uh, even though we were enjoying it, our, our eggs were still in the, the basket of, of footy and we are really yep. just training a couple of times a week to try and give us that edge in footy. And we thought we've got to make a decision here. And at 16, we hadn't done much growing. And we thought, I don't think AFL was going to work for us. Let's um, let's hang up the boots and let's concentrate 100% on boxing. And, um, yeah, we started training, you know, six days a week and preparing like a fighter should and put uh, all our eggs in the basket of boxing. And then the, then the you know, the results started to shift. And we started winning and, you know, representing Australia and went to the Commonwealth Games together and, um, yeah, decided that uh, we can make this our job and our living and we want to be the best that we can be. So let's keep going and the rest is history. It's amazing stuff. So not it was never a situation where one of you was more committed. You were both just equally just head first, you reckon? Or Yeah, yeah, we both, both were. We started... Um, all, yeah, together on day one with our older brother as well. He, he, he went down to the gym with us as well. He um, just did it for a bit of fun. He never actually wanted to compete or, or take it any further. But, yeah, me and Andrew both just loved it from day one and just, yeah, couldn't get enough of it and wanted to get better and better. So who wins the scraps? Yeah, Jason does. I'm undefeated. <laughs> <between> undefeated. <us. laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. No, so we, you've gone we from. Used we used to fight so much to the point where our old man had a building company and we we had heaps of different homes going up. But he uh, when he built our first sort of family home, he made like three separate bathrooms upstairs for for the kids. So we all had one each because every morning when we're getting ready for school, we get up and a punch on and just just a nightmare. So the next owner of that house must have been like, "What's going on here? This is a weird setup." But it solved it saved a couple of punch on, so dad was happy. Most I parents actually had a question most, here. Oh, sorry. I was, gonna, I was gonna say most parents are probably okay with their siblings having a fight, but when they're actually like training to be professional fighters, yeah. you probably gotta sort of build <laughs> some bathrooms to separate them because it's a little bit more yeah. dangerous. Yeah. I was gonna ask if it ever got to the point in the ranking rankings where you guys had to fight each other, who would win? But obviously we're gonna know Jason's gonna win, is he? Yeah, that's right, mate. That's right. <laughs> not true. Yeah. There's, we get asked about that so much if we'd ever fight, and our family would absolutely hate it. But uh, we always say if they throw up enough money, it's going to set mm-hmm. our, both our families up for the rest of our life. Yep. And we've punched on a Jump million in. times past for free, so I don't know, I think you could turn down a couple of mil. <laughs> nah, no way at all, mate. So what's the dynamic like being twin brothers and doing the same thing, same passion in life? Like obviously you're each other's biggest supporter, but I would imagine on the other side of that, you're also probably each other's biggest rival in a way, like probably always just super competitive. If one achieves something, the other one wants to do better than that. So is that how it always works, just driving, striving to always one-up each other a bit? Nah. Well, not not one-up, but just, you know, yeah. sort of keep pushing you, pushing you to get better, I guess. There's still that competitive nature between us both you know wanting to outdo each other whether it's on the running track or in the gym or sparring but these days I think we've realized that it's not us against each other it's us against everyone else in the world and everyone else in our division and we try and help each other these days to improve as fighters whereas you know rewind 10 years ago we when we'd be sparring we'd end up resting on the floor trying to take the gloves off trying to just trying to kill each other um and just you know we'd we were just that competitive and just thought that we had to beat each other and that's all it was. But, yeah, as I said, these days I think we're a bit more mature now. We've been doing it a lot longer now and we realise that we can use each other to our advantage and help each other to improve as fighters um, to get the best out of our careers rather than just trying to take each other out every day. Yeah. I'd like to uh, to ask about style, your styles, your individual styles. Do you guys... I guess because you're training together, do you have a similar style or do you both sort of try and sort of separate that and have something that works individually for you? It's a bit of a tough one. When Going back a few years ago, um, we did have completely different styles. I, I probably preferred to go on the back foot a bit more and, and bring them onto my punches and fight a bit more of a counter counter puncher sort of style. But and Andrew was always the aggressive one um, going forward, throwing a lot of punches. But these days, I think we've developed to become a bit more similar, um, try and be more. a bit more well-rounded where we can both go forward and be aggressive or, or both sit back and, and box and counter box if we need to. So I think uh, these days we're a lot more similar and try and just be a lot more well-rounded because we're the type of guys that just want to get better and better and, if if we see that there's a weakness or something that we need to work on, uh, then that's what we do. And I think we've become pretty well-rounded fighters where we can do a bit of everything. Um, but, yeah, probably if I was going to label myself, I guess it would be a bit of a boxer puncher. I think as a bantamweight, I, you know, I, I have a fairly decent punch. 
and a, a fairly high KO ratio for, for my weight division, definitely. So, yeah, a bit of a, a boxer puncher. like to get them on, on my preferred length where I can land with a bit of leverage. Um, I've got, you know, fairly long levers um, for a bantamweight, so I like to, yeah, really wind them up and get them on the end of them and take them out if possible. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suppose my style is pretty similar. I was, the, as Jason mentioned, early days, I'd just go forward and I think my first nickname was Lil Bull. I used to go forward and just try and just put pressure, pressure, pressure. But, yeah, as Jason said, we sort of work on all aspects of our game now. And I've, I went through a phase where I fought a lot on the back foot counter-punching. Um, whereas now I'm probably coming back to being a little bit more aggressive. I feel like that is me at my best, um, even though I can do a bit of both. I do prefer to go forward, but these days it's not just gung-ho going forward like a bull. It's, it's you know, having some smarts about it. So I'd say I'm sort of a, an aggressive boxer. So I'd like to go forward but still have good technique about what I'm doing and, and use my brain at the same time. Yeah, nice. It's probably, uh, it's probably never been a more <coughs> sort of um, even um, thing boxing. So if you like, you said you if you were cut, if you're always going back, and then your opponent wants to go back, there's not much of a, you don't have plan B. So being more of a well-rounded fighter now probably seems it's probably what everyone's trying to achieve. I would imagine because every, you know there's always plan A, but if plan A doesn't work, you need to have plan B because it's just it's building. Like everyone's getting so much better, and it's probably not like the old days where you had the knockout punches and then they just got that done just from being able to get it done. You've got to probably have a lot more uh, well-rounded skills. I imagine now. Yeah, absolutely, especially at the top level. You know, you can probably yeah. get away with just having one style, you know, on your way up while you're working your way up the rankings. But at the top level, as you said, if you come up with some, come up against someone who, who might be, say, you know, you know, better on the back foot than what you are, then you've got to go forward and you've got to be able to, you know, change and adapt during the fight, sometimes multiple times even throughout a round to, you know, the top level to, to get the job done. Mate, well... Uh... Obviously, we're in a bit of a strange situation in the world the last couple of years. It's exciting now because the pandemic seems to be sort of easing up a little bit, which is exciting. But obviously, the last couple of years have been an absolute shit show. I, uh, I read an article saying early on in the pandemic, you guys were the only boxers in the world that were ready for a fight. You'd managed to get yourself over to the States and you were just looking for a fight, but there was no one around. So take us through what that's been like. I know you had to go through a lot of uh, the bubbles over there. You've been quarantining, all sorts of shit. So how hard has that been for you guys to get through while maintaining fights and training and all, all that stuff? Yeah, that's right. We um we actually had two big fights. It was um our first time both fighting over in America um, with top rank going back into 2020. And um, we were about a week away from jumping on the plane and coming over to Las Vegas um, to start tra- uh, finishing off our training camp for those big fights. And that's when the whole pandemic first hit and we thought, oh, this isn't looking good. And we got news that, nah, boys, these fights are off. Um, cancelled the flights, cancelled the fights and they are going to be postponed. And we thought, oh, hopefully this is only postponed for sort of, you know. A couple six, of weeks, a couple of weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, we'll keep training. But then obviously things started to look a lot worse and we, um, yeah, we're a bit lost. We didn't know how that was going to pan out and we were in the, you know, peak of our careers, had some big fights coming up and we're really ready to sort of make a statement and start charging charging towards those world titles. And, yeah, obviously no one knew what, what was going on and how long it was going to take. And um, Andrew and I actually started just doing a bit of labouring a couple of days a week just to 
keep some money coming in to keep the roof over our heads. Obviously, we've got two young families that we need to provide for. And um, our manager, Tony, just said, boys, um, we'll get, we'll work around this. Let's, uh, you boys just, you know, keep at it, stay in the gym. We'll make this happen. And, um, yeah, our manager, Tony Told, did a fantastic job and he spoke to Top Rank and they said, we're going to get some fights on. Uh, they were the first promote, boxing promoter to reboot after the pandemic and they said, we're going to put some shows on. There'll be no crowds, but we're going to make it happen. Um can you boys get over to America? And um, we were the first athletes at all, not just boxers, to leave the country and compete during the pandemic. And our manager got us a, uh, an exemption and uh, he called us on the Thursday and said, uh, we're going to America tomorrow, boys. Pack your bags. And um, we didn't know the date of the fight, but we just knew that we were fighting. So say goodbye to the family. We're off to do business and um, packed our bags and came over here and, we went into the top rank office and they said, all right, um, how, how long do you boys need to get ready? Um, but as we said, we, we're always in the gym and we said, we're ready to go tomorrow. Um, let's go. Let's put the fights on. And they said, look, no one else in the world's ready. So we've got to find opponent. <laughs> and they up. couldn't get anyone in from, you know, Mexico or the border. They couldn't get anyone in from anywhere in the world. But, yeah, we managed to fly over from Australia to America and uh, they couldn't believe it. And they, yeah, obviously admired our commitment to obviously be ready to fight when it looked like there was nothing going on in the world. But, yeah, a few weeks later, uh, I think it was about four weeks later, we were on and we are both headlining big shows at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, which was just an absolute dream come true. So... Obviously, yeah, it obviously paid off for us to, to stay in the gym and stay ready and we got two massive, massive opportunities and, yeah, we just kept going and going and um, even though it's, we did have to fight in front of no crowds a couple of times, we are very grateful that we were able to keep progressing in our careers and, yeah, we, we had some, some huge fights during the pandemic and, um, yeah, obviously it's great now that uh, crowds are back and the pandemic start to sort of fizzle out, hopefully. But, um, yeah, we, uh, it didn't stall our careers too much, which we were very happy about. It's a massive step doing that because you go back in your mind to the start of the pandemic. No one knew what the hell was going on on the planet. It looked like everything was just, that was it. We're all fucked. Everyone's dying. Yeah. So to jump on a plane and go over to America where it was basically on fire at the time, that takes a lot of yeah. commitment. So you got yeah. rewarded for that, which is good. And then, yeah, obviously going home, we had to do hotel quarantine for, oh, we did three three stints of hotel quarantine so yeah six weeks locked in a hotel room all up and you know it wasn't cheap either um so yeah it was a a very big sacrifice but you know that's that's what you got to do and a lot of people say how bad they want it but you know we actually show how bad we want it and we're willing to make the sacrifices to to reach the top Hopefully they separated you blokes in quarantine. You go back to your youth with the bathroom incident. <laughs> we, actually, we actually shared a room, which oh, was shit. a good idea or a bad idea, but uh, I think I would have gone crazy having no one to talk to for, for two yeah. weeks. So we decided to share a room and it didn't work out too bad. And then we, we both left alive, so that was a good start. That's a How win. did you... Um, how did you, in, did you guys, um, you know, you did the labouring stuff. How did you approach that? Did you take that as just an opportunity to sort of re- refresh and reset? 
Because, I mean, with my job, I, I got we got stood down in our company and I was driving a draft beer truck around with a couple of old blokes that had been in the business for 40 years. And it was like, it was the best thing that actually happened because you got a bit of a reset and you could just refocus. And so did that sort of thing just allow you just to go, well, you know, we're still going to be able to be professional boxers once this is done. Like you said, your manager did some good things with top rank and got you over there. But was the labouring just something good just to get back into that and just, I guess, almost feel like when you can be the full-time professional fighter again, you're going to really enjoy that aspect because you sort of forget about the labouring and how hard that is sort of thing. Nah, we, we sort of just did that work um, for a mate actually. So we yeah. we will, we still trained for a good three hours in the morning. Um, and, oh, right. and then laboured. Yeah, training. <laughs> then we do a bit of work and then, you know, when you get home from there, go for a run if you if – you, if you, uh, you know, on the days we run. So we were still in full-time training the whole time. Um, gotcha. So even though we needed to make a little bit of money to, to sort of keep, you know, pay the bills and, and keep going when we didn't know how long it was going to be before we could fight again, we still knew that that was a time where most athletes were probably going to take their foot off the pedal and not train. So we wanted to get an advantage on our opposition and to make sure that we use that time to really improve as much as we could. And we kept training as if we had a fight coming up the whole way through, even when we when we were working. And a- Andrew is one of the worst handymen you'll ever come across. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fresh. And, <laughs> it was very fresh. But, um, yeah. nah, it, it does, you know, it, it I didn't enjoy it to answer your question, but um, yeah. it does make you realise how lucky we yeah. are to get up every day and actually do something that we love. And you know, there's a lot of people that would do what we were doing, that little bit of labour, and you know, rocking up to work every day, going, "Oh, you know, I got to do this again, got to do this again." Hating getting out of bed, but we actually yeah. get up every day and, and do what we love. So it did make us realise. Well, we know, but it did make you appreciate yeah. again how lucky we are to be in this position. Absolutely, not take anything for granted. Going back to how you said earlier in your careers, you were a bit more immature and you'd fight each other and, you know, do this, do that, and then you've matured slightly now. So I want to ask probably a lot to do with that. you both got young families now, I know that. Andrew, I think uh, I've got my notes here just in case I fuck up again. But, uh, Andrew, yeah, you've got a little boy and another girl coming and Jason with two little girls. So that must be great and must give you uh, a lot of in- inspiration to just keep fighting and, as you said, do things like pushing over into the stage during a pandemic just to provide and, you know, I'm sure it's all about them these days. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as much as we, we do have our own goals that we have set out since the start of our careers before they came along, a, a big you know, a big bit of this now and a big part of our inspiration and what we do this for is to provide the best life we can for them. Um, and boxing's sort of all we know. We don't really have anything else that we can fall back on. So we've got to make this work. We've got to give this absolutely everything we've got to make sure that we can give them the best, the best life possible. So that certainly is a, a big uh, inspiration for us. It's definitely as, as a profession or a job where your kids are going to grow up seeing dedication and hard work and reward for that. So some people would go, oh, you know, it, would you want your kids to be around it? But I, I, I've got a couple of young kids. If I was in that in that industry or sport, I would. I reckon it, it just shows if you're determined and you, you you do your best and you're actually, I guess you get out what you put in in, in that sport, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, 100%. And I get asked yeah. that a lot, um, you know, would I want my, my girls to box? Uh, and Andrew obviously cops, cops that in the other way with, with his son, Lee, at the moment, who's actually a bit of a weapon already, throws him pretty well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I would 
it's not something I'm going to push on them, but I, I wouldn't steer them away from it either. It's, you know, I'll let them decide what they want to do. But whether they want to do boxing or not, it certainly teaches them good values and, yeah, definitely shows them a lot about, you know, the hard work ethic and, and what it takes to reach the top and all the sacrifices uh, that this sport takes. Um, yeah, there's certainly a lot of lessons and a lot of values that they can take from it, which um, I hope they pick up as they, uh, as they grow older. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely does seem like I've got a little girl coming as well. Maddie's just had a little girl, what, yeah, a month ago or something like that, five weeks ago? Yeah, five weeks, yep. I just feel like, yeah, the world's embracing, like, female sport massively these days. So it is, it's a world, they're going to grow up in a world where it's not going to be uh, outrageous for them to be a boxer or want to be a, you know, a professional yeah. fighter in some realm. And as you said, the uh, the work ethic, the, the respect it gets, I reckon, at a young age that it instills in kids, I think it's only a good thing. Yeah, one hundred percent. Now, there's there's so many there's so many good values and, and good lessons that boxing teaches you. So, um, boxing is actually going through such a good phase at the moment, and so much good talent coming through. Um, I hope it's something that actually starts coming through at a real grassroots level, and a lot more young kids start to get involved in the sport. Because whether they fight or they don't fight, I think it just teaches them a lot of good good values, and um, yeah, we'll make them better people. There might be a business opportunity for you after boxing. I don't know. You can correct me. Is there like a Vic kick or something for boxing for kids? You go no, around and like a, really? <laughs> there you go. Might be onto something here, mate. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Maloney Brothers School of the Maloney Children's Brothers Boxing. School of Hard Knocks or something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like it. Um, I don't want to sort of go over a negative, but there was obviously the, the, the I guess it's infamous, the Franco screw job. I just wanted to have a chat about <laughs> that and just – I guess looking from afar, having something where you know you were, you were actually hard done by a lot of fighters, you know, blame things. But there was it's come out and it, it's definitely like it was definitely a screw job. How do you, I guess, mentally put that in the past and move on to like you know to continue to to sort of do what you can do? It does it actually sit with you like always, or have you you know do you push it to the side? I just I'd love to know how it affects a fighter when you have something go absolutely against you and out of your control. Yeah, it still does, you know, hurt to this day because it just would have been so special. Um, even though I lost to him in the third fight, you know, that's that, you know, probably would have happened. You know, it did happen. So that didn't change the, the sort of end result. But, you know, coming back from the first time he beat me, you know, to then come back and I put absolutely everything I had into that second fight to, to make sure that I got that world title back and just – Everything went right on the night up until that decision. Like I just felt like I could have beat anyone on the world that night. I was just on fire um, and knew 1,000% in my head that it was a punch that did that, that damage to his eye. And, you know, we stood in the ring for half an hour while we waited for them to go over the instant replay. And I was just so confident that they would have seen on the replay that there was no head clash and that the result would be been overturned. So then... You know, after that half an hour wait for them to just say, no, nah, we're sticking with that decision and I'd go home without that world title, was just Bullshit. heartbreaking. Mm. It just would have been so special for for me and the whole team and my family to, one, get my world title back, but then, you know, to go down as a, a two-time world champion and, and just would have just opened up the doors to some really big fights going forward as well. Um so now, even though it still pisses me off and I think about it yeah. pretty much every day, I've, I just use that now as motivation to keep working hard, keep training harder and to get back to that position where I 
can become a two-time world champion and to get my hands back on that world title and, and move on to bigger and better things. And I believe that the best is still to come and I will do that. Yeah, that's a good attitude to have. I'm, I'm sorry for whoever your next sparring partner is that I've just put that fresh back in your brain. You're probably <laughs> taking take it, take it out on them. So oh, apologies in advance to whoever you're sparring. That's all right. I'll save it till next Saturday. We'll give it to my next yeah. opponent. Perfect. Yeah, you can you can use me as the motivation. <laughs> Mate, you just touched on there about uh, moving into the f- future and big fights ahead and opportunities ahead. Uh, there's just been an announcement yesterday, the official, uh, the Cambosis fight in Melbourne in June. Probably going to be no bigger fight in the history of Australian boxing, to be honest. Uh, what are the chances? We don't want to look ahead of next week. Obviously, you guys are both going to get the job done next week. I'm sure of that completely but uh any chance of you guys maybe putting your hand up and getting on that card because there's going to be a whole lot of eyeballs on that i'm sure yeah yep yeah. uh big big chance that we'll both be on that so we're stoked about that Good. but um as I said can't look too far forward because we've obviously got a got a fight and we've got to win uh next saturday night and get the job mm-hmm. done against the fellas and then yes we'll uh the next move would be for us both to have the big homecoming fights June the 5th at Marvel Stadium, which would be just unbelievable, as you said. Yeah. While probably the biggest fight that's ever happened in Australia. Um, and obviously, we're both born and bred Melbourne boys. So we, yeah, would love, you know, to get back home and fight in front of our friends and family who haven't actually been able to watch us live in, in a, you know, years now. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely awesome. So... We've got to stay focused, make sure that we uh, walk away with two big wins on the weekend. And then, yeah, the next step is is June the 5th in Melbourne. I'm hopeful that um, I'll have a world title eliminator on that show, which will be a huge fight for myself. Um, and, yeah, to have that in, in obviously in Melbourne, in my home city, would be um, sensational. So can't wait for that. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very exciting. I think I'm going to have a little baby girl that's about 15 days old at that point. So uh, if the missus is listening to this, uh, just I might have to try and sneak Put out of the leaf house pass now. Put it yeah, in I'm now. Yeah, I'm putting the leaf pass on air. on air officially. So she'll hear this. She'll hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't miss you the guys boys. Must be, you guys no, must be excited outside of just that announcement. It seems, looking from afar, I've watched boxing a long time and there's probably been some some errors in Australian boxing where it hasn't been as as fruitful as it is seemingly now with opportunities not only just in the in this country but around the world. I mean, every it sort of seems like every Sunday there's an Eddie Hearn, um, you know, packed stadium on, you know, f- with fights all around the world. Is this is this in your experience the sort of the most popular or the most opportunities um, potentially there for, for for guys in boxing, especially coming out of this country? Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know if it's the change in times or if it's just because we just have so much good talent in Australia at the moment. We've we've got probably five or six people that are really knocking on the door to fight for world titles. And obviously George being undisputed champion now is massive and that's going to help boost the sport in Australia, especially with these big events coming to Melbourne like we touched on. Um, but then we've got Jason in the world title eliminator. I, I hopefully shouldn't be too far off. We got Liam Paro, Jai Pattaya, both fighting for world titles soon. Um, mm. Bridges just became world champion last weekend, and and quite a few others that really knock on the door. So I feel like Australian boxing is just in probably the best place it's ever been in, um, yeah. and with the potential of you know at the end towards the end of the year, you know five or six different world champions coming out of Australia. 
you know, these huge mega stadium shows in Australia might be a thing that happens a lot more often. And it's just really, really exciting to think of what could happen if everything goes well. It's never been a better time to be a boxing fan, but there's never been a better time to earn a good dollar because you, the, the pay-per-views are really pumping up the, my Foxdale bill at the minute. It's costing me a fortune yeah. to, keep, to keep watching it. The missus is like, what's this one? I said, all right, that's you know, research for the podcast. It's just like a Wednesday night thing. You know? Just every week, there's just something going on. So, Business expense, mate. Business expense. Yes, that's good. That's right. That's right. Speaking of money, speaking of money, uh, a little bit of mail uh, come across our desk earlier there, Jason. That uh, potentially there might be a, an outstanding debt of three point eight million dollars over there in the US. Can you, can you explain that, please? I'd like oh. it to come forward too. It's, it's well overdue. <laughs> so we're very competitive when we're in these these uh, I guess fight camps, and we're away. Obviously, you need something to keep you entertained. So we normally have a, a pool table in the house we're staying at and uh, there's a lot of lot of competition and some bets being placed on the pool table. Andrew thinks that I own 3.8 million, but um, <laughs> yeah. it was a double match. He owes me and Tony, our manager, 3.8 oh. million from an absolute demolishing they cop last game. <laughs> mate, you're going to have to start booking a few more fights, mate. Unfortunately, the house we're staying at the moment doesn't have a pool table, so we, we can't settle the score. Um, double or nothing? That. I think he arranged that because he knew he knew what was coming. But yeah. um yeah, no the bill won't be paid. Yeah, I knew he wasn't gonna pay, that's why we didn't get the pool table. <laughs> yeah, smart. Maybe some sort yeah. of payment plan you could start. Yeah. <laughs> Look, um we're conscious of, of you you guys' time and we've got a, a ton of stuff here, but we, we don't want to hold you up too much longer because you've obviously got a couple of big fights coming out. We just want to thank you so much for giving us your time and coming on. We know our listeners are going to absolutely love it. We'd love to have you back on again after you get the results this weekend, maybe building up to that um, June 5 or whatever, June 6 date will be in, in, in Melbourne. We'd love to get you back on and chat more. And I guess if you've got anyone you'd like to shout out, your sponsors or anything, we'll just let you uh, get into that. But we both really appreciate you guys jumping on. Thank you so much and good luck with your fights. Uh, thanks heaps, guys. It's been a pleasure coming on. We've both uh, both been listening to your episodes, Australia's Oh, really? Shh. <laughs> Fuck, I get a bit embarrassed when I realise people actually listen to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's been good to chat to you, boys. And, um, yeah, we'll definitely come back on and um, give an update after two big wins next weekend. Um, so, it. yes, thanks for having us on. And thanks, everyone, for their support. Um, yeah, it's always been amazing when we're over here flying the Aussie flag and trying to do everyone proud on the big stage in America. We take a lot of pride in uh, in being over here and flying the flag. So thanks for your support. We'll give a big shout-out to our, our major sponsor, Forest One, as well, because um, without them, we wouldn't be able to live the dream that we're living. So thank you to Forest One and also to the PPTEU, the Plumbing Trade Employees Union. I was once a plumber back in the day before I chased this dream. And they've been supporters of us since day one. So thank you to them too. Uh, we'll thank Everlast Australia as well, uh, as well as Pain Away Australia, uh, Wingman Beer, the Forest Beach Hotel, and True Health Solutions. Anyone in the yeah. might have missed. Yeah, and Bell Partners as Bell well. Partners, yeah. Um, Good. But yeah, thank you to everyone who supported us um, Yeah, throughout our career. We're um, very grateful to be in the position we are. And we hope to do you all proud. Uh, this coming Saturday, but Sunday, April 10, for Australian Australian yep. viewers. Uh, yeah, look forward to getting in there and getting the job done. Keep following the journey. The best is yet to come.
Good on Fantastic, you, fellas. Appreciate that, Lox. And uh, I promise next time you come on, I won't get the names wrong. Oh, I'm going to learn. <laughs> I'm going to work on it. <laughs> we're, we're more than used to it, mate. It's been happening for <laughs> pretty many years. It's all good. Beautiful. All right, lads. Thanks, Thanks to you. Both legends. Thanks, legends. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. I, I know I say it every week. I say it every week, Mako Shark. I say it every week, Mako Shark. I say it yep. every single week. Boy, oh, boy, wowee. Boy, oh, boy, wowee. How good was that, Mako Shark? Mate, I tell you what, I reckon we just strictly deal in double-up guests, mate. This was fantastic. I enjoyed it. We got into a bit of a groove. Two of the greats. In, it was just great. I, I had a great time. I thought it was great. I think everyone at home thinks it's great. It was just a lot of great stuff happening there. I say it every week again about our guests. And if anyone is still out there and thinks the sport of boxing doesn't have gentlemen, listen oh. to this podcast, listen to every person we've interviewed, even yes. from the combat sport, and don't even think about telling me that they aren't a beautiful human being and they don't give their time up for nothing and they they just give, 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 and they put back into the sport. These boys, get behind them, get behind all our yeah. guests because – they're all just – they're excellent people. I can't – I don't even understand how anyone has a bad word to say about the sport. No, mate, nothing but salt of the earth. That's what these Filled people are, beautiful, salt beautiful, of the bloody these, earth. These boys, week of their fight, Mako Shark, jump yep. on with two idiots with our technology. I thought, I thought, mate, I thought we handled that beautifully, our first Julie. I thought our Julie – so I thought our fucking Julie work was very good there. I um, thought our little duo, little duo leaper sort of stuff. That was fantastic. A <laughs> oh duo guest. I think uh, we the are just, We might push the, push the limits and get three. I would like to, by, by the way, I'd like to thank uh, the boys' manager too, Tony. He uh, Yes. Again, talk about professionals. I cold called him oh. um, from a from a friend of the pod, passed on his number. It's still a cold call. Like He still answered the call, still didn't hang up when I said who I am and who'd be thinking, who the fuck is this guy? Exactly and I just sold right. him what we're about, and he was all for it from the minute we yep. spoke. His follow-up's yep. been unbelievable. He oh. even made a WhatsApp group just to get the – so we can get it all, all our information. Mate, he's an absolute ripper. No wonder the boys yep. have got such level heads because they've got a great man behind them. So Tony yep. and the boys, I just want to thank them again because that that is unbelievable that they'd, uh, they'd come on so close to a fight and deliver such a fun, uh, easygoing interview. So I personally loved it. Shout out to Big Tone. The Big Tone, eh? Hey, Tone, eh? Hey. You've been uh, having a bit of back and forth with Big Tone on Tony. I was going to say, I've had a few back yeah. and forth. What a man oh, this fella is. Oh, we, uh, he's a ripper. Discovered a, a mutual love from all the boys actually had. I wasn't quite sure at the time. I wish I had a known pre-interview, but big we'll love for on. the old school 90s wrestling, WWF, WCW, NWO, all that shit, mate. We could have talked for hours. I reckon we're going to get the whole lot of them back on, all three, and we'll just talk the golden era of professional wrestling because uh, i tell you what, that's my bread and butter, baby. Tell you what else is your bread and butter, and tell you what else is a golden era, and we're all lucky enough to be involved in it. It's the greatest segment. I say it every week. It's the greatest segment in any form of media, paper, doves, flying pigeons. There's nothing better than this next segment. We are witnessing greatness. We talk about WrestleMania soon, and there's a man in there, the tribal chief, and he wants people 
I don't know what he's saying is. He wants them to bow down to him or do something. But I tell you what, if anyone's bowing, acknowledge him. I'm going to implore the listeners to acknowledge this man and the segment that's taking the world by storm. He's the Mako Shark. And I want you to acknowledge the Mako Shark Tank. That's okay, Mako Shark Tank. We're here again. The the pump-ups just keep getting more and more ostentatious. But uh, look, I'm here and I'm ready to go this week. Conspiracy theories, Maddie. I'm chucking them in the tank. They're going too far. It's getting silly. I tell you what, I can't cop it anymore, mate. You you might know I'm a big trawler of the internet. I have always been. I, uh, I get involved in things that I shouldn't. I like you to just see the uh, the depths of you bat below your intel uh, intelligence. You bat below your wow. intelligence with nuffies. You love it. I reckon I you do, like mate. to flex on them. Yeah, you get a little. I, I, I do like on to flex, sort of flex on, on a nuffie. Yeah. Yes, I do yeah. like to do that occasionally. But <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'll preface this by saying I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm partial to a conspiracy theory. You know, like I'll tell Some you, JFK. Warranty. JFK, yeah. I'm into it. I, Oswald, he he didn't shoot him, mate. There was a second shooter. Yeah. It wasn't Oswald. Yeah. He was a patsy. I'm telling you, uh, a few things here and there, like the mm-hmm. Gulf of Tonkin incident, the Vietnam War. It's all a bit of a bloody a work. Tonk. Operation tonk Northwoods. It's all a bit of a bloody work. 9-11, we yeah. won't delve into that, but it's a bit fishy, Ooh, you know boy. what I'm saying? But, get uh, Wheeler. Wheeler will call in and you two will have your big back and forth. I know. Oh, we don't want that. Sort of aggressive back and forth. <laughs> we don't want to go there. But this week, Matty, I've seen a couple what that just raised, raised my eyebrows, mate. Some of these jerk stores, mate. Some of these absolute <laughs> schmohawks. They think they know everything, don't they? They think they know fucking everything. I'll tell you what they've come up with. We all know about the Will Smith slap, don't we? We saw the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock at the Oscars. Saw it. Slapped his teeth. We saw that. There's a bit of to and fro about, oh, was it set up or was it legit? I think we're all pretty confident that it was legit. And, you know, some people might think it was a bit of a work maybe, but, yeah, this is what they've come up with. This is what the big brains have come up with. Uh They found that the, uh, the Oscars were sponsored by Pfizer, Matty. Oh, no. And then they've decided, oh, hang on a minute. Oh, Pfizer's got a new pill for alopecia coming out. Therefore, it was all set up. Pfizer has just somehow contacted Will Smith, said, hey, Will Smith, do you mind if you just go and punch Chris Rock in the face because (laughs) he's going to make a gag about your missus that has alopecia, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to really pump our alopecia drug out there. We're just going to do a bit of covert guerrilla advertising and just really sort of shock the world. Mate, you really think that's fucking what's happened? Do you really think that's even possible? Well, I'll tell you you why I don't think that's happened, right? Will Smith's got way too much money to need someone to come to him and say, hey, he could buy the drug even if it was like $1,000 a pill, right? So let's just preface that. Chris Rock reacted in a way that a man was shook. To the core that he just he been slapped. That was a that was a shooky vibe. He if that was if that was set up, uh, there's no way on earth he would have been so flat afterwards. He would have had a ready a little clip ready to go, a little clip back. It would have been it would have been more of a bit Mako Shark. So how have you then found this out? That's what I want. How, wow. <laughs> how deep did I'll you? Tell you what, I uh, early days of the pandemic, I uh, had yeah. a mutual sort of friend here and there that was quite into the uh, this and that, really delving yeah. on the fringe of society. And I asked a couple of questions. And then, mm. unbeknownst to me, they thought, "Oh, Mako Shark, he's he's, he's interested in some uh, in some oh, stuff." No, you're not and in they, that whoop, group, aren't you? They added me into a little Facebook message group full of absolute oh, fucking no. cooked, cooked <laughs> units. And I've just oh. been in there undercover, just going under the radar for the last eighteen months, just until just now. <laughs> you're just yeah, blowing well, your cover. 
I blame me, Kevin, but that's fine. I'm telling you what, I've been in there just sort of uh, just just rolling my eyes at some of the stuff these people bring up, Matty. I'll tell you what, there was another one that just uh, come across me desk this week, and this is just getting too far outlandish now. But they're all convinced. I'm telling you, they're convinced that all the flooding up in Queensland and New South Wales mm-hmm. is all a conspiracy from the government. They're all doing weather modification. They're cloud seeding. <laughs> and for some unknown reason that not one of them can articulate, they are just decimating country towns, destroying them and causing untold damage. And they're just doing it on purpose, apparently, Maddie. And I can't work. I, out I like how they're I, doing I, it in areas where no one gives a fuck about, with all due respect. Why? Too. Like, yeah, like, why? Why, would you, why are they? Why would you decimate country towns if you could do it and you could cause mass floods? Do it in the CBD of Melbourne. Why would it, you do put it? Put it twenty meters under. Think? If you, I try to ask think questions. They're doing it for. Give me something. Just give me something. What, what, what do they it? gain from it, Mako Shark? The flooding. What, what, wow, what do they gain wow. from it? I don't know. They can't give me an answer. It's just. It's always just they. Yeah, no, they. It's they. Is that like, they is that are doing like it. when religious people can't give you an answer when you say that the devil's actually the good guy? Yeah, they get shook, mate. It puts them on their toes. Well, do you want to go into that theory? Work? Yeah, well, the theory What's... is, and I think you came to me with this theory like 20, 2001. We're still in high school. Probably. Was... Yeah, about then. So I don't know where it come from. It didn't come from you, though. And I've held on to this theory, and I've, I've put it out there to religious people, and they can't answer it. I implore mm. the listeners to try it. It's quite interesting. <laughs> So the theory is that if the devil was such a bad guy, right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stay with me, I'm why with you, would he punish the yep. bad people? Why wouldn't exactly it be down right. there having a rave going, ooh, baby, murderer, come here, we'll do a, like, we'll do a little sniffy-sniffy, all that. Like, why? Where's the sniffy-sniffy? He's instead, he's actually tor- yeah. torturing the bad people. If he's torturing the bad people in hell, that means he's actually a good guy doing the work he's of God, isn't guy. it? The whole if he was so evil... And you Correct. just all of a sudden a few evil people rock up. Devil would be high fiving. Satan would be all over you. It'd be a big fucking get like together. A footy club that drinking. needs a small forward, and a small forward yep. rocks up to preseason. And do you reckon anything else is happening other than a high five? Exactly. No, They'd be like, "Oi, he, have you seen that evil needs. bastard that rocked up today?" Bang, hugs, oh, kisses. Bang. Love him. Cooking this guy killed a whole village. Cooking, cooking snags on a little spit or something. They'd be having some Makes roast no lamb. sense. Makes They'd be having no a party. sense. No one yeah, can explain anyway. it. No one can explain anyway. that. The devil must be a good guy. That's that's the only answer. Because he punishes the bad people. He's punishing if he was the a bad, bad guy, he would mm. be it'd be opposite. It'd be going up to heaven. Yeah. Yep. Going up there and punishing those people, the nice people. Anyway, but that's a theory. Anyway, Go ahead and try yes. it. People flip. So um, getting back, are you now blown up in this group, or do you think you can maybe bring us once a month, just bring uh, us something? I'd like a little yeah, I, could, I could uh, I could bring you once a week, bring you something. I was going to say a bad word then. I was just bringing something just silly they come up with, mate. It, it makes me absolutely question humanity, some of the stuff they come up with. And yeah. it's, their, it's their sheer confidence in what they go with. It just baffles me, mate. I'll tell you what. They were talking yeah. about bloody quarantine cans with gas pipes in them the other day, and they were just so <laughs> sure of themselves. Uh, and I'm going, really? Do you, do you actually Sometimes I question them and they just all get really rattled because what's happened? I sort of break life? up their little, uh, they've got like a real comfy little echo chamber in there. They really enjoy it. But when I just start, how are you still buttons, in there though? If you're asking hard eating questions, they must like it. Uh, well, they might, I don't know. I've managed to survive, but yeah, I was just, yeah, I, I don't want to go on with it because it actually gets me a bit upset. Yeah, no, I don't need it. But um, I don't have anything specific at all this week i've had a lovely week um mm, beautiful you know, new job just in there doing stuff saw lewis hamilton yesterday on a tinder date Ooh. with one of the most attractive women you've ever seen in your life and i i couldn't believe he was even out like it, it was, was too much, 200, 
Well, he was on. I don't know. I just, Surely I just he's not rocking up to Tinder. Melbourne and throwing Tinder up just to see what happened. Well, the bird was the bird was like a catwalk model, so he might have flown. He'd had a pre-arrange. He parked. He, pa- he was parking. He couldn't get the Paystay app working. It was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what was he driving? He was Hamilton McLaren AMG thing. Yeah, I think he's, doesn't he drive him? Yeah, Mercedes yeah, McLaren, whatever. It was some sort of it was some sort of bullshit half a miller. It was a half yeah. a miller, and um, he had t- he had two bodyguards. One was in a sling. So I thought, if if you're going for him, you're going the slingy boy. <laughs> Absolutely, take the sling out of the equation. No, so I've had a good week, but I, I I would like to. Right, we've joked about this before, but I I reckon I'm at some point in time in the near future, I'm going mm. into the team Alice boxing ring in that pretender contender, and I've got a couple of names. Right, yep. I don't know if they're big enough because I'm a pretty big fella. Yeah, the bloke from they're, two, they're both from maths, right? Both from maths. One's oh, the bloke yeah. who swifts his fringe to the wrong side and consistently laughs and smirks when it's supposed to be serious, and he takes he was racist to her. He was a pig. Yep. He was a yep. horrific man. He laughs yep. in her face when she's just trying to get some actual clarity. She's, yep. Right. Yep. She made his hair look way better coming from a man who's follically challenged. His hair was horrific. She's a hairdresser. Yeah, no, she, she made him look at she? least thirty-five percent better. He still consistently yep. swifts it to the wrong way. So if he's even close to my weight class. No, I'm putting not, him mate. on notice, right? I'm coming for he's him. Four, I reckon he's four classes below, mate. Okay. The next one then they'll come at. Yeah. The little Blinky oh, reckon... Bill with the porcelain p- fucking peckers. Oh, yeah. Blinky he's Bill, porcelain buddy. peckers. Yeah, porcelain right? prick. He wants to keep blinking, a little nervous blink that he's got, and he drinks his red yeah. wine like he's a sexy, big, Ugh. big, puffed up, steroid pillowcase, right? If he wants mate. to challenge people to – he's challenging a bloke half his size that would kick them and piss out of him in – um. The little sort of sexy sort of guy, the little suity little sexy guy, Mitchell, who's actually, I said to Tash, early in the season, he's a boxer because all he wears in his spare, I'm a bit of an observant sort of weirdo, but he wears like a lot of boxing t-shirts. He was wearing a lot of like Queensland boxing gym stuff. So I'm like, this guy's a boxer, right? Off topic for a second. The guy off the block challenged him yeah, and yeah, then realised he's actually a boxer and then reneged instantly, right? Oh, so he reneged? He's... He reneged. He went, oh, I, I just wanted a fair fight. Ugh. Anyway, so he's what, reneged, right? He's fucking wigging, bro. And he's wigging, right? So then this guy's done the big heave. I'm going to get an apology and done the big look. Oh, I want to cause this. And didn't do anything, right? And he's challenged him. Yeah. He's half his size. So if he's listening and he's a listener and he wants to get yeah. into something, right? I've had porcelain enough of these pe- porcelain yeah. peckers, right? Yeah. I don't reckon he's ever pushed over a bloody, I don't know. I don't think he's done anything like me. So he's in my area, right? He's a big puffed up. Bloody, he couldn't bloody push over him. a bloody pop, popsicle stand, this bloke. This fucking <laughs> little fucking absolute... Mr. Fucking Softy. So if he wants to get into it, right? I'll yeah, bloody, fucking... I'll, I'll jump around that ring like fucking Tyson Fury. I'll jab and do all sorts of nasty things to him. I've got a, a man fucking... in my corner that said he's going to train me. So tag him in this because if he wants to, if he wants to dance, I'll bloody shoe wanna... shuffle with him, baby. That's what <laughs> I want to say. If you're out there, what's his name? This prick, this fucking queef. What's his name? Oh, no, Blinky Bill. Daniel I don't know. Or fucking dad, yeah. Dan the fuckwit. I don't know what his name is, but I'll tag him. Yeah. I'll find him. I'll, I'll do some uh, I'll do some research. I'll get him tagged. My debut is going to be against him. I'm all right, we're making it happen. Because I've got fucking That's COVID okay. over here. I'm bloody. You're right. I'll tell you what, Dan. That's it. That he's going to be he's coughing when I give him some bloody blows to his liver. He'll be coughing. Don't you worry. Punch him in the he's larynx, coughing. Yeah. I am... Um, yeah, that's what I've got to say. Yeah. I've got to have a great like week, it. but I'm just sick of these maths porcelain peckers acting oh, tough, picking stink. on blokes half their size. We're in the entertainment business. Stinky. We're on Australia's Greatest Pod. I'm calling you out. Yeah, that's only fair. 
And I reckon he's uh, in your – he's close to your weight range, I think. So I reckon we can do that. It's very Dillian White, Tyson Fury-esque. Short meatball very. versus big lanky man with a beer gut. I like it. <laughs> and a bald bounce. <laughs> bald bounce. I'll actually come Absolutely. out with Tyson Fury ring. Anyway, moving on, Mako Shark. Great, uh, great mm-hmm. tank because mm-hmm. it's a talkable point, the conspiracy theory. It gets people's juices flowing. Right. Oh, what geez, else gets my juices not flow, actually? But I'm going to flatten myself with this. So there was, you know, look, we are uh, MMA, we're boxing and we're combat sports, but we also had a little fiat of wrestling. We fiat mm. some wrestling here and there. I guess the granddaddy of them all was on over the weekend, over two painstaking days. Do you just want to summarize what you really. thought of it? We'll slice through. Just we won't go into it. Eight hours through. of absolute tripe for most part, but there was a few little tasty sort of morsels in there, I saw. Obviously, yeah. the main one being the goat, the goat himself, mm. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mate, mm. I tell you what. What? You're supposed to say something there, Matty. And then I'm going to say, what? Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I thought you froze then. <laughs> Shit. No, I was just tricking, just playing. I was being a bit of a funny guy. No, no. Do you, do you, Stone Cold? What? I got to get a rotisserie chicken and get my diet dialed in. And that's the bottom line. Matty C. Is that, oh, that's probably pretty Very shit. Good. i got COVID. I'm good. struggling here. But what? Uh, uh. Uh, he, Stone um, Cold ET. I noticed yeah. with his stunners, he's, one of his legs didn't leave the ground in, on all stunners, yeah. if you noticed. He, yeah, the poor guy. He's, um, he's um, struggling. But, mate, I'll tell you what. It's been 19 years since the GOAT actually had a match. And yeah. he's helped every other wrestler on the planet, everyone ever. They've always come back way too many times. They've made a real meal yeah. of it. They're fucking embarrassed. He didn't make a meal. Besmirched their career with absolute drizzling shits. Stone Cold, the one man that never did it, he he held out and he actually it meant something to me. It meant something. He when he called it quits, he meant it, and he never fucking yeah. come back groveling for for any of the shit. But he did it. He fucking had a match and actually went pretty well. I was actually went quite well. happy with it. The thing the, early, the thing that tells me about why the, the it's the shittest business in the world. All the good moments from it were from people that were either coming out of retirement and Steve, Logan yep. Paul, my yep. man Pat McAfee, yep. all non-wrestlers actually stole yep. the show. They all and did. If that's happening, also, by the way, Vince looks like a, one of the White Walkers out of Game of Thrones. I, I've never seen anything <laughs> scarier than his <laughs> eye sockets. They have got sleep build-up. What are those things called? Bags under his eyes, you Bags. could pop, and I don't know what would yeah. come out, but they are fucking his sockets. I've never seen deeper sockets than Vinnie Mac, and his back was so rotund and round from doing like oh, lats. Yeah. And my He's godfather, fucking... that was the scariest he? thing I've ever seen. Him just he looks, he looked, you know, he looked like one of those weird little Chucky pop up, you know, those little puppet master things. You know, those little, mm-hmm. you know, when they sort of mannequin thing, what like, they call them, mannequin uh, thing. Oh, uh, he looked like you know what I'm fucking, talking about. One of, yeah, I do. I he do. looked, he looked dead. He looked cooked. He actually looked like he was half ready to go. Mar- it's a actually, marionette, I reckon. Is that what it is? I'm yeah, marionette. Yeah. yeah, I reckon he was. Oh, I was mortified actually. But my point is, the men that stole the show and the women that probably stole the show as well weren't the actual regulars. And that's probably no. shows you it's in the toilet. It's a dog shit sport, mate. The industry's fucking completely cooked. I wish mm. they just called an end. They should have just called an end of the industry. I think our great mate Big sure. Dad might have said this. Just at the end of the night, they should have just come down with a curtain and said, that's it. Yeah. It's over. They all we're still watch it. All, all these guys that say all this nah. in the chat groups are in, they all take the pit. They all love it. They all fucking love it. They post about it on multiple social platforms. They sit you know there. What, though? 
They they fucking watch it and they get little chubbies watching it. I'm telling you, they all love it. They pretend to hate <laughs> it. They love it. They fucking lap it up. All of them. The, the, all of them love it. Like properly love it because they all can't stop watching it. They love it's it. Terminal There's illness. No other it's reason, mate. Terminal illness. I, <laughs> I fast no forwarded the entire thing. I had the, the I was doing like the zzz, ten minutes and then stopping, watching four seconds. De- yeah. De- until the Steve nuts. Watch that. Yeah, it was just it was all best. Anyway, it's it's a it's gutter. It's it's just shit, right? Tell you what's how not was, shit uh, though. Yeah, what's that? Okay, go. No, you go. I was gonna say, how was Vince McMahon's bloody stunner that he took? That's the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened in the wrestling. Well, I made, I made me feel good about myself after the <laughs> ring announcer fucking mauled me three oh, weeks man. ago. Vince, Vince no. on the grandest stage of them all. Oh wow! Jesus Christ! Pat, on the other hand, it. Pat said on his podcast he didn't even know he was getting stunned, and look at the way he took the stunner because he heard I watched the that. stunner. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. He, how good was he? That's one of the great. The athleticism of that bloke, jumping up to the top rope from a standing start. Well, that was, he's not that a was normal big. human being, that guy, right? Go and watch. This is serious. Go and just type in Pat McAfee NFL highlights. He delivers three mm. of the best hits you've ever seen. He's so quick because when they when he punts it and the guy gets through and it's like the last line of fence, he's there as the kicker. He, he walls, guys. Yeah, and he does the Conor McGregor wall. He, he's the most entertaining guy you've ever seen. Go and watch. You'll actually pop. He, he's he's something else. He's an athletic surely a, uh Surely the kickers don't very often get involved in physical activities. No, that's why he that's why he was all la- he was laughed at when he retired. Oh, they were yeah. always in his peak. But he retired, and I've told you the story. He got all his pals. He told them to all retire their oh, jobs, yeah. come and work with him. And he like he divvies it up all fairly in that. There's a there's a great video of when he, they got signed before this last one where he had Bags of cash when it knocked mm. on his pal's doors and just gave him a duffel bag of cash from like the deal. Like he's the fairest, best, nicest guy ever, and he's an athletic freak. But you don't think yeah. about it because he's got the big, juicy blonde hair and he's not that in that good a nick. But he's as <laughs> athletically gifted as yeah. anyone on the roster. Weirdly true too. No, I agree. You did the the backflip, the moonsault, and then just the, the, the jump up to the top rope. Never been done before. It was massive. vertical jump. I couldn't even oh. jump to the bottom. <laughs> Hey, you what, mate? I yeah. jumped to the bottom rope, Mako. Pat McAfee was delightful. I'd love to get him on this podcast. Like, I'd like him to give us the same sort of love that Vince and Bork gave him. That's that's the gap, right? Yeah. He should. No one's ever had those guys, and they come on his podcast. If he wants yep. to help out, you know, guys that love him, come on our podcast. Share the love around, Pat. That's what I say. Wow, we'll throw him. A, we'll throw him a line. Maybe we'll get a bite. Maybe. Uh, AFL's biggest mistake of all time was not actually taking him serious when he was all over AFL. That's what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. He even did Luke a thing the other day with Buddy, and they, again, dropped the ball. No one even did anything about it. He did a full 11 minutes on his podcast about the Buddy Franklin. Yeah, I saw that, yeah, about the 1,000 mm. goals. Look, yeah. Yeah, Australia's kidding. Let's be honest. Australia is kidding himself. Horrific. Um, I tell you what's not horrific, Mako Shark. It's our man, the Volker. The Volker. I don't know why I call him the Volker, 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 Polka, 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 Polka. He's on this weekend, and he's going to oh. take another, 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 another victim. Yeah, isn't he? UFC two seven three. Yeah, good boy. Oh boy, how good's this? Um, we love it. We love when the Volk's fighting. He's our man. He's Australia's man. I think he's everyone's man. If you don't love the Volk, you're no friend of mine. You're no friend of the pod. So he's fighting. He's main eventing. He's fighting the Korean yep. Zombie this week, Maddie. And look. We- no one's giving the zombie much of a chance, but uh, look, I don't want to go too. I don't want to get too cocky. You know what I'm saying? Even hey, though I think off. I think Volkanovski's nothing, nothing worse than clinic. cocking off, Mako Shark. You never want to cock off ever. <laughs> but I tell you what, I think Volk's going to put on a clinic. I think that much is certain. 
But yeah. uh, look, Zombie, Zombie can punch, mate. He can throw down. He can do. He can do some stuff. So I think Volkanovski's going to have to be. He's going to have to be. Oh, I don't know. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll tell you. If Volkanovski's at his even close to his best. Zombie's not even in the same room as him. If he. Yeah. Look. If he has an off night, it's a fight. But I'd like you to um, talk about the event. Mm. And we're doing a UFC pay per view multi. A Mako Shark Palmerbet Hunt of the Week multi. Yep. Your jocks off. It's happening. Um, and while we're on Palmerbet, we're actually uh, we love them, and they're Australia's greatest punting agency, teamed with Australia's greatest podcast. And always yep. listen responsibly. And for the love of Christ, as I've said it before, if you're going to gamble your hard earn, make sure you do some with responsibility. Or yeah, gamble responsibility. Whatever, 100%. just do it with. Do it with a thought in your head, what you're doing. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. What do we got? The Mako Multi? It's a tricky one, the Mako Multi this week, mate. It's a very tricky one. There's a lot of... uh, I'm up too, I think, in my punt club. So I'm going with the Mako Multi myself. In the bottom end, there's a lot of 50-50, I can't split them. And then at the top end, there's just a lot of absolute red hot favorites, no value at all. So it's a tricky one this, this month. But uh, look, I don't even know where to start. Maybe we'll start with Alexi Olenek. How do we feel about him, Matt? Do you want to chuck him in the multi? He's the uh, the old fella with like four hundred fights. Absolutely. Yeah, we're I putting it's, oh, yeah. it's it's a dollar ninety each. It's 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 a really split them down the middle. Let's go the tried. I, uh... Let's go the tried true professional. The old fella. Let's get him in. Yeah, let's get him in. Yeah. Look, I won't put him in the multi, but I just want to say in the next fight, the gallbladder's fighting. Mickey Goal. I like saying gallbladder. The gallbladder's the value, surely. The gallbladder. Paying 260, the gallbladder. So it scares me at 260, but... uh, He's fighting fighting the red wine. (laughs) He is. He is. Um, Hello. Let's skip that fight, Matty. I don't don't feel comfortable with putting him in the multis. Nah. I think the next fight, we're going to put Raquel Pennington in against Aspen Ladd. I'm I feel like that's pretty safe. I'm scared of them both, to be honest, but I think mm-hmm. Pennington is probably Jeez, a, this is, is the go. I'm putting that my other call out too. I've got to get yeah, through the bloke. I've got to get through Porcelain Peckers, and then I'm getting on the yeah. Rosen strike. Mm-hmm. The next well, fight what big, up. What a big climb that would be. Go through Porcelain Peckers into a UFC superstar. <laughs> I reckon it's a sizable jump. but It kicked my quad you... into another country, just as oh, a mate. joke. It'd squash every party of your entire anatomy, yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. So we're you know, six months you. training, you might be a chance down at Team Ellis. I don't mind uh, Marcin Tabira. Tabira, yeah, look, I don't mind him I actually either, don't mind honest. him. I think he's got a bit of value, Marcin. What do you think? There's a chance. Well, we don't really like Rosenstrike, do we? We sort of uh, we sort of hate the prick. So, For no reason, we hate him. Absolutely. I no hate reason. him just because, like, he's a he's bit a nothing. Shit. Come on. Yeah. He gets sort of bopped by the good guys. My man, fucking Francis, just caved his skull. It was good to see. Yeah. But, uh, well, this is a tricky one. You reckon uh, the Tybura is a chance, bit of value, get off the Rosen yeah. strike, he loses, you can call him out type stuff? Yep. All right. But that's not my, it's not my multi, though. No, Your no, multi. no. I feel it. I feel it. I'm feeling it with you. Two first oh, names is my favorite, too. One of my favorites, two first names coming up. I love him. Coming up. Yeah, he's in the multi, mate. We'll get there in a sec. Stick <laughs> Tybura in for me, would you? Yeah, I'll put him in. Okay, lovely. Next fight up. He's, he's a bit of a hype train, Matty. He's a bit of a hype train. He's the next hype train coming up. Probably not to the mm-hmm. level of some others, but uh, Ian Gary, the future Love they call him, him the Irishman. Yeah, yep. he's up. He's up against uh, Weeks, and uh, I reckon he's gonna Weeks is going to be Weeks. At the, he's going to be Weeks at the knees. That's when you see Ian. Weeks at the knees. Is it Ian, Ian or is it Ian? Uh, it could be Ian. 
I hope it's Ian Gary. Hello. Yeah, it could be. Or oh, Ian, like Ian Zeering from uh, Beverly Hills. Ian Zeering. Ian. Ian. Now, let's go with Ian <laughs> Gary. Let's <laughs> stick him in. Yeah. Ian Gary. Let's get him in. Shout yeah. out to Ian Gary because he was part of my multi back in November. He was uh, a rock-solid part of that eight-legger that I yeah. got up. So big look, eight, he's part of another, another big eight-legger. Spider. They the, call you the spider, the, don't they, in the punting they world? Start, they should start calling me the spider. <laughs> <laughs> really get yeah, yeah like the, nah, the arachnid uh, the arachnid yeah Arach- people punting agencies have arachnophobia <laughs> once Mako starts fucking flinging out the eight leggers the arachnophobia do you know it's true if you win too much you get actually get like banned from punting agencies i don't yes, know if palmer bet do it they probably don't because they're australia's greatest but some of the other dickweed ones do they actually you win they too do. much they go no nah, your credit no nah, we don't can't do it anymore absolutely <laughs> If you want to talk about conspiracy, that's the most outrageous rule in the history. You actually win too much. They go, you, you can't bet with us anymore. Wow. They're in the business of making money, not handing it yeah, out. It's, so. it's not fair. Fair like, trade Australia or something. Where's the fair? Where's the commission? Where's the big O, the Ombi? Where's the fucking ombudsman? Jeez, we had some bloody, the, the Ombi van. We had some, um, geez, we had some people pop for the Ombi van, didn't we? Ombi van was getting some pops in the, uh, the community. I was happy with that. Mm. Actually, yeah, we got a couple of messages popping for the ombudsman. <laughs> it really rattled me. I, I forget that people listen, Matty. And we actually have listeners. It's fantastic. And then I like we have a lot of feedback. listeners, by the way. A lot. I oh, know. Feedback. Feedback. I just love the feedback. It makes me realize, oh, okay, we're not just talking to each other here. This is fantastic. No. Yeah. And even if we were, I'd still be doing it. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, just two guys. Mm. We good... usually just do this in a room by ourselves for the last 26 yeah. years. So it's fine. Correct. Next fight up, mate. I'm going to put her in. Yep. Mackenzie Dern. Let's go with it. Dern at Burton. <laughs> yeah, the Big Mac, Mackenzie yeah. Dernett Brown. I'm on it. Like that. I'm on it. Burton. I like it. Yeah. All right. So yeah. she's in decent value. They're at a dollar eighty-five. Palmer so, Speaking about some value, Mako Shark. This next fight's got fucking. I reckon there's juicy value there because everyone just writes off a I love this. human because I love they're this fighting. Fight. It's great. It's like I don't feel. I'm going because it's your summary, but I'm just going to. I, I don't feel that one of the men should be at four dollars, what seventy five yes. or whatever he's at. I don't think that's. I was going to touch that's on fair. it actually because there's never been a hype train ever rolling mm. with this much momentum, ferocity, uh, just absolute. It's out of control actually. This freight train it's barreling through everyone, and uh, it's Hamzat Shamayev. I'm sure everyone at home is familiar with. Hamzat Chemaev. Oh, this is probably my, my most anticipated and excited fight on the day. Mm. Even though obviously mm-hmm. I love the Volk and we love the Volk, but I just think the Volk's going to win this fight. I get really excited for Hamzat fights because I just want to see. I want to keep seeing if if the hype is real, Matty. Is it going to continue? Can he really be this good? And this is yeah. the week. This is the fight we're going to find out if he is this good or not. Because I've as you concerns. said, Gilbert Burns is a killer. Gilbert Burns is as real deal legit as it gets in the UFC. And he's currently paying $4.80 in a two-horse race. It's actually quite phenomenal if you think about it. He's actually higher odds than he was against Kamara Usman for the title. I have concerns. You're thinking the hype train might derail? I have grave concerns about the hype train and who he's been hanging around with. Dark until the Skelser. The Skelser. now. What happens, right, when potential greatness hangs around with work workman class, mm. what happens is workman class doesn't go to greatness. Greatness falls down on their Interesting work theory. Ethic. I've got a theory that 
He's been mucking around too much. Been mucking around, right, with the the funny Englishman. Yep. They're mucking around. They're not taking it serious. Gilbert Burns was only contending for the title in his last fight or the fight before, was he not? Yeah, two fights ago, I think. Right. This man's a bad, bad man, a dangerous man. He's not mucking around, Mako Shark. And at $4.85, yes. Matty C's not mucking around. I'll leave it with wow. you, but this is the wow. concern for me. He's been mucking around. I don't know if it's a front, but there's been too well, much. Too much. There's been a lot of bromance. A lot of YouTube. And we've all known relationships can ruin people, right? This relationship could derail him. That's all I'll say. And I love Darren Till, but I just feel like this guy's on a different playing field. But when you hang around with a guy that isn't on that playing field, you fall to his level. And his level's not good enough against the best, is the cold hard truth. And I'm concerned for this fight. Well, I've watched quite a bit of YouTube footage. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of sparring, a lot of training footage out there. They seem, well, Hamzat himself seems to be working his dicks off still. Okay, All the word so. out of his camp is that he's still he's a real dick off kind of worker. Mm. So I'm not too concerned about that. I'm just you a little tell bit me, concerned. You tell me what we're doing, baby. I just think everyone's underrating Gilbert Burns. The man is an absolute freak. He's a, a world champion jiu-jitsu practitioner, yeah. multiple-time world champion, gold medalist in jiu-jitsu. He's yep. got filthy stand-up. We saw him nearly fucking KO Usman in that fight. Got the, the upper hand early in that fight. Rocked him, mm. if you remember. So he, he can I get do. it done on the feet. He can. He's phenomenal on the ground. But that's what I'm saying. 480, it's it's very, very tasty odds. But you've got to put one of the – you've got to put a, out of the out of the this fight, mm. out of the yarn or out of the vault, you, you, you got, there'll be an upset. They just will. I, I just There's always an upset. Well, not always, though. Not always. Sometimes you just okay. think win will win. So I'm okay. a bit nervous about looking for value because I love looking it's for value. I'm a big va- I, I chase. I chase. I don't chase value. I chase value. But I, I I'm a sucker for a hype train, Matty. You know I am. Yeah, I know you are. And I just <laughs> yeah, think you, you drive the train. You're the conductor. I'm normally toot tooting, just, just doing all sorts up at the front. <laughs> shout there, out so. to Chicken there. Little shout out to Chicken, chicken with his toot toot. Copyright. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm sticking my man Hamzat in in the multi, yeah. mate. Can you stick him in yeah, for me, please? Him, he's in. He's in. I just feel yeah. like he's just gonna get the job done. I just think he is. I, I'm. I'm. I'm a believer. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this next fight. There's no way on earth that Peter Yarn doesn't win. Piotr Yarn. Yeah. Look, I think he wins. I no way on earth. Definitely. It's that simple. I There's think, just uh, no way on earth. Hmm. Look. Aljo is a hell of a fighter. Everyone sort of doesn't rate him enough, I think. But mm. I just think Piotr Jan is going to win. That's just how it is. Yeah. Put him in. Don't even need to worry about it. Talk to me about the main event. Oh, the main. Jeez, me, you talk about the, just give me a little two minutes on best case scenario, worst case scenario, and what you think will happen. Fuck. All right. Well, I think Alexander Volkanovsky, Alexander the Great, our man, yeah. future friend of the pod, He'll get the job yeah. done, mate. He's on another level. I think it's just clear clear to see. He's been yeah. on another level since he uh, entered the UFC. He's undefeated in the UFC now. Uh, I think 10 straight, 10 and 0. See in the that UFC. article just... with the crane driver that beat, not crane, yeah, the crane driver. David oh, Martin found the one lost. guy who beat him. Yeah, the crane up driver. At bloody, up at welterweight, I think it was, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was fighting like uh, two, and a, two or three divisions higher. Yeah, yeah, he was early days. He was a big, fat... Thick rugby player who's just gradually yeah, dropped all the weight. But... Said he, I saw his eyes roll on the back of his head and then I hammer fisted his face off. 
How would you like to be the crane driver, get the win over crane the crane? Crane driver would be on good cash too. He's one of those danger drivers, you know, the ones that hang off the big fucking buildings, those yeah, big yeah, hang-off yeah, guys. Takes him, fucking... said, takes most people 15 minutes to climb to the top. Took him six in his peak. This guy's a savage. Scott's That's a, a six-minute climb crane, and then he's knocked out Volkanovski. That's a hell yeah. of a resume. Clock life. As if he's just, you're going to pubs and you're just sitting on that all day, every day. Have to. Have I wouldn't to give him a rematch either. I'd just be like, no, I'm better than you. Beat you. <laughs> That guy will never go, never get the rematch. <laughs> but look, he's on another yeah. level, mate. I think he's the go to featherweight. I'm calling him the yeah. go. I reckon it's it's just a clear cut sort of thing. Called out he your mate too, uh, the other day. Saw that Connor. Yeah, Uda Fork. Connor yep. still draws. All right, still amazing. They, they they all just want to suck him off, don't they? They just want to get involved just for their grandchildren. It's a grand. I they call it red panty. I reckon it's grandchildren night. I reckon they want to like sit down on the couch when they're a bit older and go look look who pop. Fort, Pop Fort, the yeah. bloke who's a billionaire. Yeah, hundred percent. Paid for this yeah. house that you're yeah. sitting in. But uh, correct. Look, Volkanovski, for as great as he is, he still isn't a giant uh, a draw, is he? He's not making the big, no. big, 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 big dolls, unfortunately. So, no. of course, he's calling out uh, the Connor. No, it's, it makes so. sense. But I'm just saying, people will say Connor's all these people. I I don't like Connor, but I'm, I've never said he's done because he draws. I'd watch every single fight that he's ever. Had. I would watch his next twenty fights. And be excited Wait, to watch him. him. Even if he went, if he lost nineteen, and we're going, he's going to win the twentieth. I'd still watch it and pay to watch it. I would watch Conor McGregor do just about anything in life because the man is yeah. very entertaining. Doesn't very matter what he's doing; it's it's fun to yes. watch. That would Tell be a great fight. Entertaining is the Volkanovsk. He the Volkanovsk yeah. is very entertaining. There's not too many dull fights, is there? Really, like he he's, he gets in no. scraps. He gets he gets opposition. My only problem sometimes guys have opportunities to beat him. Just don't think they take him. Like last fight, Ortega could have won that fight if he was a killer. Wow, fuck! He couldn't have done any more. He actually well, couldn't he have done any more. He couldn't. Could have made a shot. He could have won. Yeah, he should have won that. There's only man. It's not his fault in his defense. No, that was well, just Volkanovski being he a cyborg. He is a cyborg, but he's a cyborg. He does give it the opportunity. And the Korean zombie is a zombie. So not a cyborg, but he's a zombie. And zombies are killers. So well, Volky's looking for the finish. He says he wants the finish. He'd be disappointed if he doesn't get the finish. He wants uh, inside three. Look, I hope he does. I think uh, he's a chance, but uh, he's got a good chin on him, the zombie, so I'm not sure if that will happen or not. Either way, he's if $6.50 it doesn't... from my, my mind, yeah. the zombie. You want value. Oh, he's paying Jesus mega Christ. odds, but I'd, uh, I'm going to stick with the Volkanovski all day long yeah. at thirteen. Stick him in the so mind. The Volk's in, right? I'm going um, to boost it. We're getting yeah, 23 bucks for the eight-legger. See, that's not, Hit me it's with not, the NOS. Value. You got the NOS, baby? Boost me with the NOS. I boosted you $23. Yeah, like that. You're doing VL, you're doing VL turbos? <laughs> yeah, I am. Remember that? When we, remember those guys? We went through that. That's our era of kid blokes were drinking 440 cans of Red Bear and Woodstock, and the blokes driving the car, their seat was that oh, yeah. low. They were looking yeah. at the rear. rear um, yeah, remember that they played Nelly? Nelly was always a song that these VL guys. If they'd all kept those cars, they'd have deposits on houses, by the way. A little bit of getting hot in here sort the of The VS stuff. Commodores, the VRs, the VNs, the VLs. If you go on car sales, you'll actually shit your bed with how expensive those cars They've are. They've gone up, eh, those fucking Mate, pieces of shit. A VN Commodore, like a stock one, 60, 70 grand. No, I tell you that. buying them in our high school for four. I'm, I'm not putting mail on it. Who's kidding? Mate, I'm just telling you. I'm, don't shoot disgusting. the messenger. Yeah, they play Nelly. If you want to go and be right with me. And they're all like low and back. And they're, you know, 
coolest dudes ever, and they were like cruising around Altham and that to different servos <laughs> in their stupid cars. And they had the car so low that they had to go over it like they had to oh, go yeah. over like almost like uh, you got to turn it, turn it, and then they like you heard the little. And then they'd come oh, back and it'd take them 20 minutes to get over one speed bump. And they'd be, if you want to go and make a ride. We ride with it's me. Yeah. Something, oh, something, it's all happening. What about, uh, yeah. all, just, all their cars were dumped on their guts. As a, hey, a, pass me the money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah pass me the money stuff. or must be the money. Hey, I don't know what it is. Something the money. I don't know, mate. It wasn't my yeah. scene, you know. I'm a little we're, bit of a power metal aficionado. Yeah. bit of gamma ray. Well, Toby, bit of Sam, Toby Summit was... Toby was, was getting us hot into the collar. Ooh, um, okay, 23 bucks, eight legger. I like it. Mako Shark Tank multi jocks off for that. Look, I think that's win. a nice enough $23 eight leg multi. Not much else I can give you out there at home. No. So, look, if you, you can afford a few shekels, just chuck it on. Yep, shekels. Mm. Hey, what else you can give us? You can give us a quick little rundown on our guests and their fight. This Absolutely, weekend. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, we've got a lot of boxing to get around. Just quickly, the Maloney boys, our boys, if you haven't forgotten by now, because we've talked a lot of shit, but remember, we just had them on. They were just on, mm-hmm. and they were both legends, and they're both fighting Best. this weekend. I think it's the ninth and, in America, just, so just, let's just, Sunday Let's just remember 10th. how good these blokes are, by the way, in the sport of boxing. They, look, we just world had them class, on. They're, they're, they're world class. like World class. Championship, world championship class fighters, brothers, twins. We had them on. They were just yep. on this podcast. They were just so on just, this podcast. Yeah, this podcast. So let's. So they're let's fighting. Not just, I, uh, let's I haven't not, actually. Mm-hmm. I haven't got the opponent's name written down in front of me here. No, so. They they hardly knew as well. To Unprofessional to stuff. They're, they're, but, nah, uh, that's okay. They're going to have a fight. The they're going to both win, and they're going to be on the Cambosis yeah. undercard. Yes, of course. So we wish them well, and we hope, as we said, when that once the next fight gets booked, they're going to come on. But we're also going to talk to them about nineties wrestling. Now we've got a bit of a. We, 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 this will be our next wrestling episode potentially. 100%, mate. We've got a bit of a rapport, I reckon. What else is happening, mate? Go Shark Triple G? Triple G's fighting, mate. Golovkin fighting Murata. This is just... That'll a, be a dazzling another... fight, and you won't have to pay for that. Just so many fights. Not only have we got Golovkin fighting, we've also got Ryan Garcia fighting. My man. Me in the Jable. He's in our Jable. I'm in the Jable. Your man. King Ryan. Love him. Absolutely. He's fighting Emmanuel He's a real slick little sex slicky. You should see some of it. Oh, slicky. He slicky punches boy, so mate. quick. Little slicky. Yeah. He is an absolute yeah. fucking oof. I got nothing else I could say. That so uh, we'll get us reported, taken off the air. But they're all fighting like on the same day. Sums mate. him up. Oof, they are, mate. Oof, oof. What was that guy Golovkin. on? Um, what was that crap Australian reality show where they go to the not the, the, the um, Love Island? Did you see that little little sort of little guy oof. that he would always go oof, oof? <laughs> he was doing it like a girl yeah. would walk in. He'd be like oof, oof. That was his actual thing. Oof-a. That was his act. He went oof every time he was like excited. <laughs> he went oof. Tash wow. was just mortified with this bloke going oof. Yep, yep, yep. That's what happens on love. The oof guy makes you. I can't call him out because he's only the size of my quad. But um, the oof guy. Peter Yarn. Who uh, else look, we got? There's a fight. There's a fight on tonight. We're doing it. So this is going to be a bad timing. Bad timing. Harry Garside, isn't it? The the No Limit. Yeah. I think it's a No Limit card. Yeah. Fuck, it's yeah. probably on in about an hour's time. So we might be able to watch that once we jump off here. That's exciting. Yeah. But uh, so exciting. yeah, Garside's fighting. I can't remember the bloke he's fighting, but put your money on fucking Harry, I reckon. <laughs> I would love to do like, I was trying to think of like a Harry Connick Jr. name for him, but I couldn't. So I'll just. The Connick Harry. Uh, yeah, Harry move on. Harry something move Garside. On. 
Move on. Um, he's on, and our man Ben Damon's got the best seat in the house. If you follow him on Instagram oh, yeah. and Twitter, he's there. He's there on the fucking floor. Yeah. He's doing his thing. Always. And uh, we love it. What else we got, Mako Shark? We're zipping through because we've zipped and we've we've dodged and dived and ducked and dipped and dodged and dived. It's been a big episode. Yeah. Is there anything else that jumps out at you? You've got Spanish flu. Is it Spanish flu? Oh, I've got a, a version of the Spanish flu, yeah. I reckon I do. I reckon I've got that. I've got the Black the Plague. China, I've got the, the China virus. I've got the China. 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 China virus. Yeah, I've got the China virus, Matty. Um, the guy actually got up and said that. He actually got up and he said did. it. He said yeah. it quite a few times. It's been yeah. quite an eventful four years, that was. But yeah. uh, <laughs> look, uh, everyone out there. Just, anything out? Yeah, just if I can get everyone's thoughts and prayers out there, that'd be great. Just... Let's hope this thing doesn't ramp right up. Let's hope I'm not in the ICU anytime soon. The, the breathing's good, Maddie. The breathing's good. Yeah, you sound you I sound actually all, uh, not too bad. You've got your beautiful yeah, shirt I've perked on. up. I've perked Miami. up here a little bit. I, I, I got a block nose. Though. It's killing me. The block nose. I could go. You got the spray? All sorts of sniffy stuff, but I won't do it on air because that would not be you enjoyable. Do this, but... You got the sniffy? They got the little thing that sniffs. Oh, the little. Uh, do you want no, me to do a little door drop? Let me do a little door drop for you. Door drop would be nice if you've got it. Yeah, I'll do a little. Yeah, send me a little. Send me a little list, and I'll do a little care package drop off for you. Little little Mako care little package. Care package. Little Mako Look, care package. Yeah, anyone out there wants to send me anything? That's great. Get in contact. We've got a PO box. <laughs> just, just start delivering. We've got a wish list. Amazon wish list. I'll get one together. Oh, get an Amazon wish list. You get a little sniffy thing. Um, Pray for Mako. Care, before we care before package. we sign off, I'd like to just thank our uh, our guests again and their manager yep. Tony. Yep, and the boys, you. they are unbelievable, like I've said. Give us time in a fight week, and it was jovial. It wasn't a stressed out, and it was just fun, right? You have yep. fun doing this. I have a lot of fun doing this. And they had, from their, their feedback in the WhatsApp group, they loved it, and they're keen to come back on. So that's always good. I also yeah, would like yeah. to thank our sponsors, Palmer Bet. Yep. They're really yep. getting around us too, like really supporting the boys, actually. We, we, we're getting uh, – we'll be at the head split as a raffer. Um, oh yeah, we will. If anyone wants to come oh, up, yeah. I'm glad you've. I just hope I don't get the. If I get this, if I get the cough in that way, uh, don't get the spice. I might, cough, probably, I, might, I might not disclose it. Lay under, lay, lay, lay low for the next two weeks. I mate. might not. Stay I might under. not disclose it, mate. I might not disclose it. Uh, I think you probably would be wise. Yeah, you don't want to be uh, housebound when that fight's going down, mate. You know, nah, so we'll be there, and we look forward to. Uh, we look forward to seeing that now, man. The head splitter do all sorts of damage. So, yeah, Palmer Bet, thank you for getting around us. Gave us a chance, and I reckon we've repaid the faith. Look at our list. Uh, you go yeah. back, and if you timestamp when they've come on board with us and you look at the list of guests, it's been a match made in heaven, I say it every week. Australia's mm-hmm. greatest punting agency with Australia's greatest podcast. Yep. We love them. They love us. We listen responsibly, and our listeners gamble responsibly, Mako Sharp. They absolutely do, mate. They absolutely Take do. Take us well, out, Mako. Another- I'm done. That's another big episode in the can. I'm glad we got through that one. I was a little bit worried about it earlier today. But we're just a couple of nice guys getting the job done as per usual. So anyone at home out there, thanks for listening and bloody root me. And? You already said it. And gamble responsibly. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yes, we did it. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs>